0: is Mason Rudolph back and why does it matter? Yes, I do listen to the listeners and almost everyone who reached out on this subject admonished me for dismissing the importance of the third string quarterback as I did near the end of yesterday's episode. So I'm here to share now the thoughts that I have on that subject. Some of them might surprise you. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of penguins and pirates in the same place that you found this. A source informed me late yesterday afternoon that Rudolph has, in fact, signed his contract. It's going to be a one-year contract. I don't have the dollar figures doesn't matter. Oh, wait, I'm not allowed to say that. It matters so very much, okay? But I just don't have them. Rudolph is going to be the third-string quarterback. The reason that that is stunning to me has nothing to do with football and everything to do with how Mason left. I have told the story several times on this show of how he stormed out of the Steelers' locker room If stormed would be the best or fairest word, That's, that's probably a little strong, but he was out of there in a big hurry, and he wasn't exactly doing a whole lot of fist bumps and high fives on his way out, and he went out a back door that I usually see players go out of and whatever. I've been over that before, but just in case anybody else hadn't heard it. Now, beyond that, he had told people close to him that there was no way he was coming back to Pittsburgh. Nothing wrong with the city, no hard feelings toward uh, anyone here or anything like that. He just wasn't coming back. He felt like his promising football career came here to die. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor relevance that's the point park pledge you'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready relevant skills visit pointpark.edu to learn more and if you think about the way mason came out of college you know was a big stud at the time uh he and James Washington were producing touchdowns as easily as they breathed out there for the Cowboys. And he comes here and he's instantly in Ben Roethlisberger's shadow, which wasn't going to be great. Meaning, you know, as long as Ben was playing, he wasn't going to. So even though the Steelers took him in the third round, it told him that they'd hung a first round assessment on him. And were so very lucky and fortunate that uh, first James going in the second round and then him in the third round, they felt like they had their one two punch and all this other happy stuff. And he showed up with what I guess you would consider to be a pretty good attitude, but he also believed he was a starter, that he was starter caliber. And why wouldn't he? He had the arm, had the athleticism, enough athleticism. And he thought he had the the rest of it, the wherewithal and you know how to read defenses and everything else that you'd need, size, no issues, you know. You look at Mason Rudolph standing in front of you in a t-shirt and shorts and whatever, and you'd think to yourself, this is someone who was born to be an NFL quarterback. But it, it it didn't happen. Except when it did happen. Which was very, very ill timed. But that was, of course, when Ben got hurt in week two of the 2019 season. Mason gets thrust in there, actually has a pretty encouraging showing in his uh, starting debut out in Santa Clara, California. Almost beat the 49ers, would have done that if not for a juju fumble. But whatever. You know, things kind of snowball. The Cleveland game happens, the Miles Garrett thing happens. The concussion happens, the accusations, the reckless, irresponsible, and heinous accusations made by Garrett more than a week after the fact that Rudolph was some kind of racist or whatever, everything just pounded him down. Boom, 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 until he just kept going another foot deeper into the ground with each one of those pounds. And I got the sense from Mason, and by the way, those close to him, that he just was the classic case of, I need a different scenery. I need to just try something else somewhere else. So he was certain, for the same reason that he was certain that he'd be an NFL starting quarterback, even just a year ago, that he was going to get this opportunity somewhere else. Well, you can figure out the rest of this. He's on the open market. Nobody calls. There's 64 total quarterback positions in the National Football League. He finds himself either at 65 or lower. Stuff that's out of his control. He says, where can I go? The Steelers recognize that they have a need at third string. The Steelers have a rookie minicamp in which apparently nobody there floors them in any capacity. Not that that's a performance-based camp or whatever, but there's other stuff that the Steelers look for when they bring in a UDFA undrafted free agent. And they didn't see it. They didn't see it in Tanner Morgan. They didn't see it in the other guys who were there. And the team that calls Mason after he had just spent months staring at his phone like he'd just been jilted by his girlfriend or something is Omar Khan. Omar knows him. Omar respects him. Omar lets Mason know that everybody here knows him and respects him, and we'd love to have you back. Well, some common sense prevails. Cooler heads prevail. Everybody forgets about all the other stuff, and believe you me, the stuff about Mason not being back and everything else, that was all known to everyone in the Steelers' fold, all the way up to the Rooney family. I'll explain the latter in this week's Friday Insider on DK Pittsburgh Sports, but that's that's how it happened and that's also how it's gonna move forward. Does it matter all that much? Listen, if it matters to you, it matters to me. That's your third string quarterback story for the day when we come back J1Q. We take J.J. Watt at his word that he is not coming out of retirement. We'll see how he feels at midseason if the Steelers are playing well. Do you see any other edge rushers on the free agent market who would be willing to play in a rotation and fit under cap constraints to sort of act as a bridge between Alex Highsmith and Nate Herbig? Well, there are edge rushers available. They're not an attractive lot. You can always get edge rushers via trade, which is the kind of thing that I'd be thinking about if I was a Steelers. But I I can take this a different direction, too, by asking you a question. Over the last few preseasons, That you've paid attention to, assuming you're one of those people that really watches exhibitions and watches them all the way through the end of the second half, meaning not just turning it off at halftime. If you're one of those, then you're going to know the answer to this question is, what is the two positions that get highlighted the most in such events? Okay, on offense, it's running back. Everyone pays attention to the running backs. Why? Because they have to run hard. They have to be noticed. And the market is so tight for those, just as it is for quarterbacks, that they've really got to make an impression. So you'll see guys running hard in the third and fourth quarters of those games. And it becomes entertaining. And by the way, we can overinflate how good they are in the process. Now, edge rusher is the counterpart to that on defense. I submit to you the case of Jameer Jones, preseason legend. All Jameer would do is go out there and just dominate. And you would say, This, this reminds me of a young James Harrison, you know, not you, but your friends who know less about football. Never you. But Jameer was that guy, you know, like, wow, this is great. They've really found somebody here. And you didn't even want to hear that he might only become a special team stud at the very most. You, you wanted, you wanted him to be the next James Harrison. You wanted there to be this magical appearance of an edge rusher. Those guys materialize everywhere in the preseason. And because, like running backs, they end up becoming prominent, they'll catch everyone's attention, including the people who matter, meaning the NFL evaluators of the other 31 franchises. And you will see edge rushers change hands a lot because everyone's looking for one of those because they can do a lot of different things. They can be on your special teams and you're probably not going to get away with stashing one on your practice squad. So I'd leave that open as well. In addition to Herbig, who's going to get a chance, who's going to get a chance, but you're just asking a lot of him to put himself in a starting cycle with Watt and Highsmith and to be out there in meaningful downs and meaningful series That's uh, we'll see, you know, that obviously be the ideal situation to have somebody who's already in house make that leap. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.